0: Hey, you're listening to the Burnt Out Entrepreneur podcast where you'll learn why you're feeling so burnt out, some insights and hacks to get you along this entrepreneurial journey. I'm Kylie Yotel, former oil and gas manager, turned health coach, life coach, and business mentor for female entrepreneurs just like you and help them heal and recover from burnout. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Burnt Out Entrepreneur podcast, where we show you how to break free from self imposed limitations that lead to burnout. I'm your host, Kylie Ota. And in today's episode, we're diving into a crucial topic. It's called Stop Asking for Permission. We're going to talk about how seeking validation can hinder your entrepreneurial journey and discuss the three main ways that it contributes to burnout. And I'm gonna be sharing actionable steps for you to reclaim your autonomy and ignite your success. So today, right, we're gonna be talking about this pervasive issue that plagues the best of us. It's this constant need for permission, right? So how often do you find yourself seeking approval before taking action in your business? So today is your day to break free from these self-imposed limitations and unleash your full potential. And again, we're going to be exploring three things that really shed the light on these the detrimental effects of seeking permission in your business, like how it hinders decision-making, how it stifles creativity and innovation, and at the end of the day, it really undermines your leadership skills. So... Again, we're going to be talking about how to reclaim your autonomy, set better boundaries, and step into your role as a confident and unstoppable entrepreneur. So the first one, decision-making delays. And for those of you who are thinking like, what does this have to do with my business? So a lot of times we hesitate to make decisions and therefore we hesitate to take action, right? And you guys know that I talk about, execution, right in my peace planning method, right it's plan, um, evaluate, align, right get into an alignment, like evaluate all of all of the things, get into alignment commit and then execute. And so a lot of times people get stuck here right This is where that analysis paralysis comes in, right It's you fail to commit. And a lot of times it's because we've been so used to the asking for permission. We don't commit to this decision until we get a buy-in from our coach, from the guru, from, you know, or our, our spouses, even, you know, we're asking for validation all the time for all of our ideas And like, how does this contribute to burnout? It's the analysis paralysis, right? You're going back and forth. And I mean, raise your hand if you've invested in so many different coaching programs, so many different business models, right? I have clients who have been going back and forth between like, oh, should I do a group coaching program or one-on-one, you know, or... Like, should I, you know, have a tripwire or is a lead magnet good enough, right? All of these decisions is all hinging on someone else telling you what to do. And then how I help my clients to answer those questions themselves. It's like, well, what do you want to do? Like the premise of like my coaching method, the Aloha Unveiled Transformational Coaching Method is what do you want to do? Because, right, when we're executing on a plan that feels good to, you know, to your coach, I mean, even if I'm your coach, right, you're asking for my, you know, my feedback or my buy-in to your idea, what you're really doing is you're asking for permission. And when we are trying to execute on someone else's business model, on someone else's decision, like, oh, just because you bought a program. And you have to go through all the steps in order to see success. And that's a lot of times, like so many times we buy these courses, we buy these programs that have all of these promises. And then at the end of the day, we don't get the results that were promised on the sales page. One, and I teach this to my clients all the time, is that business model worked for that person. <clears throat> right it works with their personality type that's why i have the archetype quiz because i need you to understand your personality type once you find that out then you'll understand how your brain works how your brain likes to process receive and execute on the information and like how do you like to deliver like we we'll talk about marketing how do you like delivering a message me personally Hosting a podcast is super easy. If I were to type out everything that I just articulated with my voice and my words right now, it probably would have taken me, and I'm being honest, I'm calculating this right now in real time, at least four to five times as long because I second guess myself. Like I am one of those people that feel something intuitively and then I have to share. And so that's another thing we're going to get into. is a friend and I were talking about this and about why do we wait for permission another factor is our upbringing like public school you've what happens like if you if you're in class and you have this brilliant idea you have to raise your hand first and get permission to speak if they get permission to go to the bathroom you know so so much is built in to our society that we have to ask for permission i mean even with what's happening in today's world right at the time of this recording there's the lgbt whatever movement and you know you have to ask people's permission like what's your pronouns and whatever like i i'm a christian so i personally don't believe in all of that i mean i would respect people's decisions or whatever but you know like just asking for like it's so much is built into our society these days. And no wonder we feel like we have to ask permission. And that's another thing, right? When we're in analysis paralysis about like who's our target mo- a target market or target audience, like so many of these questions when you're trying to answer all of those avatar questions. A lot of times we um, censor ourselves because we don't want to get canceled. Like this is a very, uh, like so much cancel culture is happening, right? With Target, with Bud Light, with like so many people are getting canceled because they're not supportive or inclusive of a certain group of people. Like cancel, cancel culture is a real fear for entrepreneurs and marketing right? Target has lost billions. So has Bud Light, like billions have boycotted, like, I mean, and they've lost billions of dollars. So a lot of times we try to censor ourselves, you know, as solopreneurs, or as just CEOs of small businesses, right? These are corporations. We are small businesses. So sometimes we see what's happening in that, that the bigger marketplace, And we feel like, oh, no, we have to censor ourselves as well. So again, this affects our decision-making process. We get into bigger analysis paralysis because if we choose the wrong business model, if we choose the wrong uh, marketing message, like if we write something wrong online or if we share a political view that doesn't line up with something that our target audience, just like Bud Light, right? They were not (laughs) looking at their demographic. Right. They were not looking at their demographic, so they lost a big chunk of their target audience. And so there's a lot of fear sometimes when you're looking at marketing. What can you say? What can't you say? Especially with the algorithms, like <clears throat> if you're running ads, like what can you not say according to you know the platform? And what the platform allows there's so many so many things so many decisions that we have to make right and when we are struggling or we're waffling back and forth in these decisions it delays business operations like I've worked with clients you know as a project manager helping them manage you know six seven figure businesses so I'm you know I'm not I mean, I assist in making the decisions in those contexts, right? And a lot of times, the CEOs are the ones making these decisions. And then decision goes down to me as a project manager. And then from there, based on that decision, I would piece out that work to different contractors who are on the team. But when the CEO is delayed and making the decision, right? And we have a deadline or say we have a launch coming up, right? We have a launch and, you know, CEO delayed on title for the masterclass. That decision will back up the graphic designer because the graphic designer needs to know like, well, what's the title? What's the vibe? What's not necessarily the colors, right? We're not talking about brand colors because most of my clients have already a, a brand theme and all of that. It's like, Okay, but what's the vibe? Like, what kind of images am I going to pull in to really, you know, infuse the theme of this workshop, webinar, whatever they're hosting? So a lot of it comes down to making that initial decision and then making that decision and then doing the execution piece. So again, it comes down to the last two Um, the C and the E of the peace planning method, right? We have to commit, we have to decide, right? We have to make a decision and then we can execute. Because if you're trying to execute before you commit and before you've made a decision, then um, that's what happens. You get into this churn and burn. It's like, oh, do some work. Oh, decision has changed. Oh, and I'm not saying that I don't do that in my own business because I am someone who, you know, leads intuitively. I liked to feel that like everything that is like even in this podcast, it took me a while to really get into the feels of it. Like what do I want to say? How do I want to convey it? And then once I get like the full download of what I want to say, then I feel free to execute. So I'm not saying that, you know, we have to be like perfect from the get-go, but a lot of the burnout occurs mentally, before it comes to like a physical burnout. So that churn and burn, that, that lack of making a decision, lack of committing to a decision really affects things. So the second piece that I wanted to talk about today is autonomy and creative limitations. Autonomy, right? We are the owners of our business, but then again, are we really... But if we're waiting for a guru to give us permission, if we're waiting for our coach to help us decide on what kind of marketing campaign are we going to do, or for we're waiting for our ads expert to tell us, well, how much money should I be spending on an ad? I mean, I get it, right? We do go to experts to get, like, informed decisions, right? I mean, even when I was working in oil and gas, we had... SME subject matter experts that we would go to for like an overall view of, okay, this, in the, you know, in the context of like this piece of equipment, these are like normal operating conditions. And if you're out of these parameters, then you know it could lead to failure. But then, right, each individual facility, so this like, like take your car for instance, Say we have identical cars, right? We both have identical cars. I'm thinking Honda Civic. I don't know. So we both have a Honda Civic. Same year, same model, same. It came off the same line even, right? So they're pretty much twins. They were born at the same time. But like how I drive mine, how you drive yours, like I'm I'm a heavy foot, if you know what I mean. So heavy foot on the gas and the brakes. So there's going to be more wear and tear on, you know, my gas, my, my brakes, steering to the tires, right? There's going to be more wear and tear because I'm a heavy foot driver. And I mean, if you are too, then even if we are like, we're, we have different personality types, like, are you going to slam on your brakes? Are you going to go through the yellow light? Like, there's so many different factors of how we are both driving the same vehicle that will affect how, you know, the performance of the car over the long term. And this is the same way with our businesses, right? How we are driving our businesses really affects how, like, how we show up and and all of that. And, we're talking about autonomy right now <laughs> right if you're like you're so scared of the police like you drive at I mean, we should technically right you drive the speed limit and like you wash your car and you wipe and you take very good care of it right so those would be more my perfectionist like in that archetype right you take really good care of everything wipe everything down and make sure everything's perfect for a drive versus like the daredevil kind of person who's like, ah. you know, like, oh, I kind of scooched through that red light, you know, um, a little more aggressive, we'll just say, and less cautious, you know, like, but you have, you know, like the permission or like how I like to say the audacity to run your car however you would like you know, however controlling you want to be, however open you want to be. Really, it's your personal preference. And that's why I have the archetypes the way that they're set up because there's four main personality types around the globe, right? And it's not just my archetype test. My archetype test is built on, you know, uh, like a handful of these four personality type mixes, right? There's, There's so many of them out there. But I built this quiz specifically around burnout according to the personality type and how each personality type is, is more driven in by these different factors and how these factors contribute to that type of burnout in that person, if that makes sense. So, you know, when we keep seeking for permission right it really limits our autonomy and it goes back to the decision making right are you the ceo of your business and are you running your business autonomously or are you seeking permission and waiting for someone else to tell you what to do right it goes back to how we were raised like were you given a lot of freedom like were you given autonomy to make your own decisions or were you always waiting for permission and i grew up in a household where i always had to ask for permission for things and it, you know, it made me grow up codependent. I had, like, two um, marriages that were very codependent, and and one that was abusive. So, you know, I I was conditioned growing up to not be autonomous, and this affected me when I was in business, because, like, okay, well, I, there is a certain way to run a business, so why don't I get this course or this program and they're going to tell me exactly what to do and how to run my business like I said earlier every program that you buy even if you buy into one of my programs you're going to learn how I ran my business I mean yes I incorporate the four different archetypes but Mm. I am primarily a you know a popular and powerhouse archetype so the way I've built my business. And if you're on the opposite side of those archetypes from me, like the way I built my business is not necessarily going to be that the way that you want to build yours. Like I prefer verbal communication. I'm a verbal processor. So I like just coaching with someone and I could verbally process my ideas. And then, okay, once the ideas are verbally processed, I say my piece. I'm like, okay. Oh, and then I come up with my own my own game plan after talking it out verbally there are some people who prefer to process on paper where we just have different ways that we process our ideas and the way that we execute them so um and then even with lack of autonomy it really affects our creative like our creative ideas and how well those things flow so the popular archetype really like how I characterize them is they have a lot of ideas. They have a lot of ideas. And so if we're talking about the time wheel, for those of you who are listening audibly, right? The time wheel, draw a circle, cut it into four squares. T-I-M-E, clockwise. You'll see that I and E on the time wheel are on the opposite sides of each other. So ideas are on one side and execution is on the other side or the energy to execute. Right, so a lot of times the popular archetype sits in this idea quadrant. They have a lot of ideas, like oh, we could do this, we could do that, right? And they, I call them the popular slash promoter because they want to promote everything, right? But then you tell them to build a landing page, are like ah, oh. or lead capture, you know, all that technical stuff. They're like, Mm-mm. no, like let me just talk about my offers. Let me just put it online and. You know, like, I can send people a PayPal link. It's not a big deal. On the other end, you know, there are the perfectionist archetypes who kind of sit in that land of execution. And um, they're working a lot behind the scenes, but yet not really um, producing content that goes out and inviting people into their offers because they're so busy working on their offers behind the scenes. So this also leads to burnout, right? Having a lot of ideas and not executing on them leads to burnout and on the opposite end, if you're so busy, like trying to execute something perfectly that you never actually you know, launch it, then that leads to burnout as well. So right, when we keep waiting for permission, it really stifles our creativity because we're waiting for someone else to tell us that this is the right thing to do. And every time we're waiting for permission, like all these ideas that come up, like, oh, oh well, nah, I think that, I don't think anybody would go for that, right? And then we're waiting for the validation from someone who's farther along in our business, our coach or our mentor to tell us yes or no, and again, like they're only looking at our business through their lens. We're under their microscope at this point. So if something didn't work for them, then, you know, they're going to probably say, no, that's not going to work. But they don't understand your personality type or your archetype. So something that is bubbling up for you and that makes you excited but you're waiting for validation and asking for permission, that thing that's bubbling up inside you, the thing that makes you unique, it's going to die. And it's not going to get released out into the world. So no wonder you're not making the income that you're supposed to because you're not building the business that you really need to build. Okay, so number three, last but not least, boundaries and leadership. And, you know, a lot of times codependent women struggle with this the most, like setting really good boundaries. And we're we're not talking about just with your clients, but we're also talking about with your, your friends, with your spouse, with your children. I had a client once, so that was one of her biggest struggles. It kept coming up, well, I can't because, you know, the, the kids or I can't because you know the husband and it really got to a point where I was like well like can you ask your husband to help you watch the kids no not really because he works and I feel bad for making him watch the kids when you know I'm home all day and and so it it really um you know we had to really work on the mindset behind like, okay, well, this is your business and you are an income earner too. Like right now you're not making any income because you don't have enough time to execute on you know, these ideas. But if you had the time, what would you do? Because a lot of times when people come to me with burnout issues, it's always about like, oh, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time to do all the things and if we're talking about the time wheel and archetypes really the person that has the biggest issue with time are um, the people pleasers right the people who I call them partners because not everyone likes to be called a people pleaser but essentially that's what it is right you have a very supportive energy everyone loves you everyone flocks to you but yet like the way that you're waiting for permission is, well, well, my daughter needs me to babysit. So I really don't know how much time I actually have on my calendar. You know, when I try to like, help my clients with burnout, with time management, it's like, okay, so this is something that I do. I have them do like a time audit where it's, like we talk about mortgage time, where it's what Is already mortgaged out just like your mortgage right say your mortgage is $2,500 a month and this is how much you sign a contract saying I owe you $2,500 on the first of every month so this is the same same way that you're going to look at time when you sign up your kids for sports it's like essentially you're signing a time contract saying I will be driving my kid to the park every afternoon between four and six or whatever days they have practice and i also contract my time to be available on saturdays for games and then i also contractly you know sign up for snack duty you know there's so many like unwritten like Time contracts that we're not really aware of is why I always for people who are extremely burnt out and say that time is their biggest um, resource that they're lacking, I have them do a time audit because then they can see, and it really helps me to see uh, I guess solidify their archetype because if I see that there's a lot of mortgage time on their um, on their time audit but the time doesn't actually belong to them. It belongs to someone else, like a co-creator. Like, oh, well, I have to do this with my spouse at this time. If there's not a lot of me time on their schedules, time that's just for them or for their business, then it's like, no wonder you're not creating the income that you want to create because you have way too much mortgage time. And right, those mortgage time are like blocks that are cemented in. It's kind of like Jenga, but some of the blocks are glued together. Like Jenga, right, you can poke out a block and move it here and stuff like that. But in, you know, for this analogy, it's a think of a Jenga tower where some of the pieces are glued together. And no matter how hard you try to poke it out, like these br- bricks are not moving. It's the same way with mortgage time. So what I help these clients to do is quantify their mortgage time and say, well, I, no wonder you feel burnt out. No wonder you feel like your business is not going anywhere. No wonder you feel like all of these things are happening like, to you because essentially they are, their time is being c- controlled by someone else in their life. And so in order to free up more time, we work on building the courage to say no, building the courage to create better boundaries with these people, right? Because they love these people. Obviously, they love the people that they are co-creating their time with. And so it becomes a challenge to say no. So, right, we work on the courage. We work on building the self-confidence, the self-worth, So that they understand like, no, I am worth getting my time back. My business is worth getting my time back. And so from that point is where we can create the boundaries that they need to have hours that look like a legit business and not like a side hustle, right? And this also talks to leadership skills, right? How are you leading yourself? How are you being the leader of your home? And something that my coach likes to talk about, how are you leading yourself behind the scenes? You know, we'll just use, you know, like there's like like layers of an onion. We'll, we'll just say that because a lot of people know that analogy, right? The outer layer, you look cool as a cucumber, but then you peel back a couple of those layers and you realize that you are not the leader of your home perhaps your husband is or your spouse is you know like, oh well if i want to you know spend money or hire this coach or buy this program whatever it is i'll have to ask permission first and i'm not saying that you shouldn't right we should you know have these conversations with our spouses money conversations are very important in relationships But when you have that feeling of, I need to ask permission, and if they say no, then that's the the end of it, sometimes we, you know, we don't fight for the things that we want. And I've heard it said before, like, um, I was in a sales and marketing program, you know, sometimes when people have to ask for permission from their spouse, it's really a trust issue. Like they don't trust you, they don't trust themselves like to make a good decision. So they're deferring their decision-making to somebody else. So so that's what's happening in this layer, right? When you're not the leader of your home, I'm not saying that, you know, like we should be like supreme leader and like be bossy about it, but right? You and your spouse are the co-creators of your home, right? The co-leaders of your home. So creating that home life should fall on both of you. And And I know culturally it's different for, you know, different cultures, you know, that, you know, like there's more respect for men in the relationship than there is for women and women have like less rights than a man in certain cultures, Right, if you're listening to this and you live in America, right, we have, we both have equal rights as a woman and a man in our household. Anyway, that's just what I believe. And that's how my now marriage is run. So, right, you have that later layer, the leader of your home. And then you have, you know, the leader of your business. You are the CEO But if you have to keep asking permission from someone else, like maybe a financier, and it could also be your spouse that is the financier of your business, if your business is not generating income, but you need, you know, like a loan from, you know, a personal account, then, you know, right, you're not able to make those types of decisions as a leader. And I'm not saying that you're, you shouldn't have these conversations with the financier of your business, whether it is your spouse, whether it's the bank and you have a loan and you want to, you know, take out another loan because you want to buy something else, purchase some property, whatever. But when you stand up as the CEO of your business, you know, and you're pitching from that point, like you're not asking for permission, you're pitching an idea. And you're pitching an idea that you really like and you're leading from that space as the CEO of your business. It's a very different energy than coming behind and like, oh, well, um, so I have this proposition that I want to kind of talk to you about. And um, well, right? that's a very different energy than, look, Here's the plan. Here's the outcome. I hope to produce. And here's how much money I need. So what do you think? Like a very different energy. Right. And it it comes from owning your audacity, right? That's the name of my signature program because I firmly believe that owning our audacity, owning our wants, owning our needs, owning our thoughts, owning our feelings, owning everything about us, and not you know, coming from this energy of, like, asking for permission, like, what? like, who I am is not good enough, so let me ask your permission to like myself, to invest in my business, right, sometimes we're even out here on social media asking our audience for permission, and it's like, you know, bam, like, you want it, or you don't want it, like, on the bee's knees, you want me, or you don't want me, Obviously, my, I'm channeling my powerhouse in this moment, but seriously, right, when we, and we're not all powerhouses, I get it, but even if you are not a powerhouse archetype, you're not a popular architect, you have, maybe you have social anxiety, maybe you have anxiety about showing up on social media, right? This, you know, like once we set the boundaries, once we become firm in our identity and our purpose, But there's going to be no stopping us, right? We don't have to keep asking for permission. It goes back to what we talked about in number one, analysis paralysis. Sis, you know what you want. You really do, right? If I were to ask you to write down like a hypothetical dream and vision for your business, you could do it right now. but. Say, okay, so say we do that exercise, then I rip it out. Okay, now I'm taking this to the bank. That's your business plan. How many of you be like, oh, no, you can't show that to the bank. No, you can't post that to my audience. What are they going to think of me? Girl, you need to own that audacity because your dreams and your visions that you have for your life and your business, this is what you want. This is what you actually want, right? And if you are the kind of person that has trouble stepping into your audacity, I can assure you that these things on your list, they are not, um, they're probably not self-seeking. They're probably not selfish. They're probably, Not really over the top. If you were to show it to maybe like a real narcissist, if you're like, you know, so sis. Anyway, your dreams and visions that you want, like your deepest desires, I dare you to write them down. Just write them down. Create an alternative universe where you get everything that you want. That you ever wanted even like if you want a pony put a pony on your business plan say I will come to and from my well if you work from home right from my office on a pony a pink pony with or a unicorn with a rainbow horn and a rainbow tail I love my little pony growing up sidebar but you know what I'm saying Like, write down your dreams and visions. Like, this is how you get out of the habit of asking permission to do things, right? This is your business. If you own your business and you are the CEO of your business, this owning your audacity, you know, staying firm to what you want. And I'm not talking about being prideful about it, because, right, this is for the Christians out there who are listening. If we are, tapping in to our deep purpose and our desires like god gifted that to us when we were born like we were born with it it's not maybelline you know what i'm saying so right this gift that you have of a purpose is lying dormant within you i hosted a workshop called activating dormant gifts a couple of years ago because i felt called to activate the dormant gifts that are living inside of you that you're scared to put out in the world. And you know, seriously, it's about time that you own your audacity and you ask for what you want. Stop asking for permission, right? It's the number one killer for your business and the number one contributor to burnout is asking for permission, because we can apply that to sleep, to food, to taking care of your body. Like when you ask for permission, instead of just knowing what you want, right? We know intuitively what our body needs and what our body wants, right? I see a practitioner that uh, we do the supplements through muscle testing because my body already knows what it wants, what it needs, what it's going through. And she she just personifies it, you know, or, or makes it known to her my body communicates to her what I want. And that's how we create my supplement plan. And even when I don't see her and I'm feeling a little under the weather and I'll go back and she's like, well, how have you been? Like, oh, well, I felt this. So I took some of this. She's like, there you go. Your body needed it. You listen, that's the, like, basically I, I did the right thing. And so I want that for you. You know, my signature program is called Own Your Audacity. And I want you to have this. I want you to own your audacity because when you own that, you own your dreams, you own your visions, you own your desires, and you let them out and you ask for what you need in order to fulfill those things, that's when everything will stop being hard. The stress and the overwhelm will go away. You're not going to be having analysis paralysis. You're going to be quicker on decisions. And the quicker you are on decisions, right? You're saving time. You're saving energy. You're saving money when you make quick decisions. And not stupid, stupidly quick decisions. I'll, I'll, I'll add that. No, when you make decisions that are on point, everything will just go faster. Like my coach calls it quantum leaping. When you're grounded in your decisions, that's how you quantum leap, and that's how you exponentially grow your business. So again, today was another episode of the Burnt Out Entrepreneur podcast. This was the season opener for season two, and we are going to be taking this podcast in a new direction, not necessarily new. Season one was really focused on, you know, marketing and tactics and all of that because you know that part of the business is is part of my framework right sometimes when we're trying to work on the inner things the outer things like if everything's kind of chaotic or feeling chaotic right we need to tame this outer stuff right we need to tame the tech we need to tame we need to create business systems we need to create sops So that and create automations, whatever, so that our business can run. While and then once everything's set up and lined up, we have SOPs, we have routines, we have all of those things set up. Then it allows breathing room for the chaos inside to be tamed, because the chaos inside, like if there's chaos outside, think of it like leaky gut, right? If you're in. I come from a health coaching background. So anyway, leaky gut is when your intestines have holes in it. And then some of your food leaks out and then it causes inflammation because food is supposed to stay in the gut. If it goes into your bloodstream, it's going to look like a foreign object. And then you'll have like these could develop into different types of diseases, autoimmune, whatever. So think of it like leaky gut. When you have your boundaries closed and your gut is closed, right? You're not going to be leaking. Like the chaos is going to be contained, right? What's happening on the outside is separated from what's happening on the inside. And then your body will feel safe to digest the things that are on the inside, deal with the things that are on the inside. And then once those things are digested, the nutrients can be absorbed. And I'm talking about like, self-help nutrients, you know, things that will help you to find and live in your purpose. So all of that to say, season two is going to be great. And I can't wait for you guys to hear more about, you know, that mind-body-spirit connection and how that's going to help you alleviate burnout in your business. So until next time, signing off and I'll see you guys again soon. Bye.